Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome to our fitness family around the world, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. I'm your host, Sandy Webster, and I am very excited to jump into our conversation today with Professor Jan Schroeder, an educator and researcher who just a few weeks ago was named the 2021 Idea Fitness Leader of the Year. Today, we'll be talking through the many ways she and her team are shaping and preparing the next generation of fitness pros. Dr. Schroeder is chairperson of the Department of Kinesiology at California State University, Long Beach. The fitness option at CSULB has gained international recognition for its unique curriculum, which Dr. Schroeder developed specifically to fit the needs of our dynamic industry. During her career, Jan has consulted for many fitness trade organizations, including IDEA, AFA, ACE, and ACSM. Dr. Schroeder develops content for workshops and national certifying exams. She writes articles and conducts research as well as provides business counsel to these organizations. She is also a certified Group X instructor who holds 21 specialty certificates and who still leads group exercise classes every week. There's so much to talk about with Jan, so let's get right to it. Welcome, Dr. Jan Schroeder. It is so great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Sandy. I, I'm <laughs> happy to be here and I love being able to talk with you because it is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right back at you. So um, just for our listeners today, I need to preface our chat by saying that we've known each other for the better part of 20 years. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make a preemptive apology to our <laughs> listeners in case we slip into a mad laughing jag or something <laughs> during this interview and, and can't stop, which pretty much happens every time we're together. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> Which is why we like to talk to each other. We like to make each other laugh. But um, so while we still have our composure, Jan, <laughs> to kick things off, would you please give our listeners a high level view and some insight to your professional professional fitness journey, your career in academia and research, your time as Ideas Event Programming Director, mm -hmm. among the many roles that you've had as a fitness pro and educator over the years? Yeah, that's a that's a long story there. <laughs> um, well, for my academic career, you know, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, and when I graduated high school, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, so I went to West Virginia University. It's about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. And I was there for two years. And honestly, I was really unhappy. Um, the university just wasn't a fit for me. Um, so I had an aunt who lived out in California and she said, Hey, come on out, live with me. And there's this degree I found it's called exercise physiology. And I'm like, okay, 
I'll go, you know, move to California, <laughs> twist my arm. So I, I moved to California and I went to a very small school called Chapman College. It's Chapman University at the time. Um, and I was in their movement and exercise science uh, program. I had a wonderful professor, Dr. Frank Frisch, who um, kind of guided me along the way. He he was he was a pretty special guy. Still is a, he's still there at Chapman. Um, and when I was getting ready to graduate, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So he said, "Why don't you go on for a master's?" And I said, "Okay." You know, <laughs> I put a lot of thought into my career at times. Um, so I applied and I I went to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, which was just down the road. And I started my master's degree there. And, and again, I had some amazing professors that just really cared about the students. And um, I found when I was there kind of what I loved. Um, I wasn't really into the athlete population, definitely didn't like um, working with children. That is just not for me. But I found that I really liked working with older adults. And so while I was there, I took one class in it. And then I had two professors, um, Dr. Bobby Rickley and Dr. Jesse Jones, that kind of, you know, they got me into a job at Leisure World, which is a um, huge retirement community in Orange County um, of over 20,000 older adults. Mm -hmm. um, and so I worked in the gym and I, I just found that I really loved it. So during this time, um, I was married, was getting a divorce kind of lost again. Um, and I started dating Jeff, who's now my spouse. And Jeff was very focused. He knew what he was going to do. And, and I was like, wow, how does somebody know what they're really going to do? And he was going on for his doctorate. And he said, well, why don't you go on for a doctorate? And I said, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I talked with my professors. They gave me some universities that had uh, specialties in exercise physiology and gerontology. One of them happened to be the University of Kansas, um, which is where Jeff was at for his doctorate in sports psychology. So very convenient. So picked up, moved to Lawrence, Kansas um, at KU. Again, I, I just had these wonderful professors that, that pushed you to, to figure out what you were going to do. So um, I was there for about two and a half years. I finished my doctorate very quickly. Um, it, typically, a doctorate takes three to four years. I finished it in two and a half. I was at that point. I was like, I got it. I know what I want to do. Um, I want to. I want to be a professor. I want to have those same experiences that were given to me to give to to other students. Yeah. Um, so when it was time to do my dissertation, which is that last final horrific. Um, research project that you have to do. Uh, I moved back to California. Jeff and I both moved back and they, which was great because my professors in Kansas said, yeah, go ahead and do it there. Just get it done. And I'm like, I will get it done. Um, I got a job at Cal State LA, which um, uh, as an assistant professor while I was finishing up my doctorate and I loved it. I was there for three years. It was the first time in my entire life that I had been a minority on campus. And so it was truly a learning experience to be the minority on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I said, I truly loved it. The students were amazing. Um, but after three years of driving 80 miles round trip, 
um, every day. It was a little taxing. And luckily, a job opened up at Long Beach State, which was a lot closer to um, where Jeff and I were living. And I was lucky enough to get the job. And it was my dream job because it wasn't just exercise physiology. It was fitness. And I had the chance, one, to live closer to where we lived. Um, I had the chance to revive a failing degree program in the department, which was super exciting to me. Uh And I also had that chance to still live by the beach, you know, Mm -hmm. so priorities. Right. Of course. Of course. (laughs) So I, I took the job at Long Beach and... Um, I've been there ever since I've been there. It'll be 22 years Mm. that I will be at Long Beach this fall. Um, and I still love it. It's still my dream job. Um, when I started, I was the only professor in the degree program. Um, and now I have a team of there's five of us and Mm. we are very close and we're, we work well together and I'm very proud of the team that I built. So at the university, I, um, I'm the coordinator of our Bachelor's of Science degree in fitness. Um, I am the co-director of our Fitness and Integrated Training Lab, which is a research laboratory. Um, I do research, um, service, everything that you need to do for a university job. But because I love the industry, I always stayed in the industry as well. So I've been a group exercise instructor for over 20 years. Um, Yeah, I've owned two businesses, one a personal training studio, which I eventually closed. And I currently own Garage Girls Fitness, which is a in person and online video and demand on demand uh, company, uh, specializing in women's fitness. Um, that's really where I found my my niche of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I do a lot of consulting work for different companies in the industry. Um, I'm a subject matter expert for ACE. Um, I've written for AFA. I've written for NASM. I'm on boards for ACSM. Um, I'm an expert witness. I I don't know. Just wherever I can get my hands into the industry is where I am. Yeah, what a what an amazing trajectory you've had from point A to where you are now, and um, you know, knowing there's more to come as well. But it's it's always so amazing when you sort of turn around and look behind you, and you see you don't really realize it at the time, but those dots all connect in a really meaningful way when you have the benefit of uh, retrospect. Yeah, so- and I think I think what was good for me is that I always just went okay. I'll do it. Okay. (laughs) I was always open to new experiences, even if it was out of my comfort zone, because that's, I'm typically a pretty quiet and uh, shy person, which I know a lot of people don't believe, but I (laughs) I actually am. (laughs) Um, And just saying yes to those opportunities was really huge for me. And, and some of them weren't great, but that's okay. I learned from that. You know, sure. okay, I don't like that area, so I'm not going to go there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just saying, okay, I'll do it. 
You know, the other thing that struck me when you were were talking about your career path was um, how integral the mentors you had along the way were to you. And so I wanted to get into some detail today about the many ways that you you now are paying that forward. You're mentoring a lot of young, aspiring fit pros um, through the university. Um, You and your team at CSULB and others in similar academic roles around the U.S. are the de facto feeder system for what the industry will be like tomorrow. And so specific to your curriculum at CSULB, which I know you've tailored to filling gaps that you see in the industry, what are some of the ways that you ensure that students' time with you is productive? How are you and your team mentoring these, these kids? Well, one thing I do want to say is I think it's critical for not only us in the academic world to mentor young professionals, I also think it's really important for established uh, fitness pros to mentor. And they may not know how to do that, but just being there for a student or for somebody young to answer questions is is fantastic. Um, with the university, I am I am really really proud of my team. Um, we when I came in, as I said, I took a degree that was I don't even know what the degree was. It it had nothing to do with fitness, and we and I put in all these classes, all these science classes, and all these practical classes for our students. And the one thing I love about our degree, Sandy, is that every every couple of years we look at it and go, what are we missing? What has the industry, where has it changed? Mm -hmm. And we've added additional classes. So our curriculum is constantly changing, which is fantastic for our students. Um, In regards to mentoring, myself and my team, we take great pride in working with our students. Um, We want to make sure that they understand what the industry is about. A lot of students come into Uh, a degree program and they say, I like to work out and I want to help people. And that's all they know about the industry. And so one of the big things that we do to help mentor them and get them going in the right direction is we require internships. Mm. And by the time they graduate, they need to have 620 hours in the industry. Um, And that they cannot graduate without it. That's That's no joke, 620 hours. Correct. It, being full-time students, typically, um, they also have other jobs to help support their families, and we require them. But they rise to the occasion. Students are amazing, you know. Um, so we require them to do uh, hours in the traditional or commercial setting. We require them to do hours within special populations. So whether it's older adults or medical fitness or strength and conditioning or youth or whatever, or corporate even, to give them a whole bunch of different experiences. We require them to have assessments done, personal training, group exercise, business, health coaching, all of these different entities are embedded within our internships for them. And this allows them to, one, figure out what they like. Sometimes I think more importantly, figure out what they don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also is a resume builder because they need the experience. And so all these internships definitely help. Something else that we do to help mentor them is we require them to um, 
attend workshops. So uh, we firmly believe that education does not stop at the university, um, that we can't cover everything in our curriculum. We just can't. So we require that our students attend workshops outside of the university. Um, a lot of times that we'll bring 30 or 40 students to Idea World mm -hmm. um, in order to show them what the industry is like. The, first of all, the energy, which is off the, you know, just crazy. Yeah. But just to get them excited about it and show them how to network with other professionals. So we also work on networking with them. Fantastic. So you mentioned, um, you know, fit, fit pros in the industry at large. Um, you know, not we can't just depend on people like like you to be providing these internships. How? What are some specific ways that people who are established in the industry? And and I know right now finding good trainers is really um, a, a challenge for a lot of business owners right now, because many have fled the industry or, um, you know, they're sort of on their own right now. And so what are some ways that, um, you know, like really meaningful, concrete ways that fit pros who um, can, can take on an intern and, and give them the experience they need? It, developing an internship program, honestly, is not easy. It mm -hmm. takes a lot of planning on the um, side of the business. So I, I, I just, I always wanted to tell people, because we'll get calls all the time. Hey, can you send me some interns? Great. What's your internship program? Because I'm not going to send somebody there that is going to not get a learning experience and not be beneficial for the company as well. Um, and there's also laws to follow, which a lot of people don't realize that um, for interns, they can't cover shifts and things like that. They, mm -hmm. um, unless you're paying them, then that's right. a different story. Right. But it's for people who are thinking about how do I get into this mentoring? Um, my biggest suggestion is to one, contact a university or a college around you to see if they have a program that helps develop young professionals. And we'll start getting with the right professor, because that's the key, the right professor to set up an internship program. Um, also think about what you want to give back. What is your expertise that you can give back? Is it training? Is it group exercise? Is it uh, social media? Because that's a huge part of the industry anymore. Mm -hmm. um, is it business? Right. So you don't have to do everything. You can focus on what is your particular specialty. Mm -hmm. And you can provide a program or a template for interns to come in. So when we um, get inquiries, we have a model basically for internship sites to follow. This is what we require. How you meet those requirements are really up to you because every facility is different. Um, but we help to provide at least a skeleton for them so they're not reinventing the wheel um, and uh, allowing them a little bit more freedom on how it meets their needs and how they can meet the needs of students. But a big thing is, is really getting in touch with the universities. Internships are big. Um, most, most degree programs anymore require internships um, or at least field work is another way to put it. Uh, because we recognize the value of teaching 
skills as a whole. In the academic sense, we may teach, here's how you do a squat, here's how you do, I don't know, something else, but to put a, together everything based on that individual, that requires experience. That requires, I mean, we can tell them, all right, you got to look at A, B, C, D, but to put it together as one, that's where our internship sites really come in because they, they have people to work with. Got it. Um, so going back to your program in particular, I'm I'm curious about um, what your typical CSULB incoming student is like. Where do they come from? What are they hoping to get out of the various specializations you offer? And how successful are they landing a meaningful role in the industry when they graduate? Well, um, Long Beach is a diverse urban university, and it's also a federally designated minor minority-serving institution and Hispanic-serving institution. So um, our demographics uh, are geared towards the minority student. Mm -hmm. um, we are actually ranked in the top 10 in the, in the United States for graduating minority students. Um, with that, a lot of our students are first-generation college students. Um, so they are, they come from the surrounding communities, typically from the campus. Uh, just it's it, it's how the Cal State system works. We're, we're typically a commuter system. Um, so students live close by to campus. They live possibly at home. They live on their own, but um, they typically come from the surrounding which Long Beach is an urban um, facility or institution. Um, with this, with our degree program, we are the Department of Kinesiology and we have um, eight degree programs underneath us. And so we are one of the only universities in the United States that has a degree in fitness, mm. meaning it's geared towards the fitness industry. And I personally believe that we have the um, most well-rounded curriculum for somebody in the fitness industry. Most universities have a degree in exercise science, which uh, a lot of times is a precursor to like physical therapy, occupational therapy, med school, PA school, um, which it's more of a general degree where we're very specific to the fitness industry. And I think because of that, our students actually do quite well in the industry. I mean, we have a lot of people that own their own facilities. We have strength and conditioning coaches. We have um, one of our students owns a fitness video production where she does a lot of the big names in our industry. She creates their video content for them. So cool. Um, I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we have we have trainers to the stars um, because we're so close to LA, you know, Hollywood in that. Um, we have master trainers for various uh uh, group fitness and personal training uh, companies out there. So they, they tend to do quite well um, if they choose to stay in the, in the industry. Yeah, well, it sounds like you just prepare them so well that um, they hit the ground running when they get out. Yeah. Yeah, we try to. That's our, that's our goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to get a sense of, you know, we're we're sort of coming out of this pandemic year, but it looks like we might be going back into it with the D variant. 
Um, and I wanted to get a sense of what it's been like um, as an educator teaching students through the pandemic. What were the some of the big lessons that came out of uh, teaching exclusively online? Um, and what is often a very physical kind of hands-on specialty? And then how can those lessons translate into action for fit pros, operating businesses, and working with clients? Yeah, I will be honest. It was super challenging, Sandy, because as you said, we are a physical physical um, profession. You know, we, we have to be able to see people. We have to be able to be able to walk around somebody to make sure that their form is correct or, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And so it was it was really challenging. And and to be honest, some of the skills we could not teach. And the reason for it is because the students didn't have the equipment or we didn't have access to the equipment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's impossible to teach a student how to perform a VO2 max test on a metabolic cart when we don't have access to it. They they certainly don't have access to that. Right. Um, so th- there were some things that we just weren't able to teach, which actually hurts my heart because you know you're it, you want to give them every tool possible, and during this time we weren't able to do that. Yeah. That being said, though, we did um, we found some very successful ways to teach other skills. Um, and we learned some pretty big lessons. And one of the things that we learned is that this new generation of students coming in, they like to watch things over and over and over again. And so when we were able to record a skill, for example, if I'm teaching um, my theory and analysis of group exercise, I could give them a choreographed pattern and I could throw graphics and explain what I'm doing at what particular time so they understand how that combination came together. They could watch it over and over and over again, as opposed to in class where I would do it once, Mm -hmm. have them practice it, but they could never go back. So what we're learning is that when we go back, to in-person learning, right. that we are still going to keep a lot of those online supplemental videos or supplemental skill development videos um, for the students that they can go back and review and review and review because we're finding that this this group of students coming through just like that repetition um, and they're used to videos. So it's that's something that was a really big eye-opener because that's not how I learned, um, you know, growing up in that field. But hell, we didn't even have email. <laughs> Myself. <Not> true. <laughs> but I think some I think some of the takeaways for those people in the industry on that is that they work with their client maybe an hour, two or three times a week. And a lot of times they'll send them home with exercise homework. Okay, this is what you need to do outside of our training sessions. Mm -hmm. And I think if they can record during the session what they're having their, um, their client do, the client can go back and go, oh, I remember now I'm supposed to sit my booty back for that squat or my, my, I can see in the video where 
um, in my lunge, I'm, I'm off center. And you can use those tools for the client to go back and review or to remember. Cause yeah, I work with older adults. A lot of times I tell them to do some squats and then we do something else. We come back to squats and like, what am I doing? Right. You know, type of thing. So it, it's just that reminder. And I think having the, those tools available for your clients is actually quite beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I I participate in a small group class almost every morning, and we're of varying ages. And I, I, I see it myself in class when, um, you know, our coach will give us a set to do and break down the exercise and what your cues are, etc. But we get through a round of it. But by the next second round, people are going, what are we doing now? So... <laughs> I, you know, and, and I think people are, uh, a lot of people are very visual learners. And so mm -hmm. um, having the combination of visual, auditory, and something to read covers all the bases on mm -hmm. the, the styles that people like to learn in or that they, they particularly excel in themselves. And so that's a, that's a great takeaway from that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from our interview to do a little housekeeping. Do you have a product or service you'd like to get in front of our audience? With 15,000 members and a marketing reach of 275,000 fitness pros, Idea Health & Fitness is your trusted marketing partner for reaching the fitness and wellness industry. Whether you're looking to drive awareness, engagement, generate leads, or increase sales, IDEA has targeted marketing vehicles and events to get your message out to our dedicated audience of certified fitness professionals. Let's work together to meet your business goals. Contact the IDEA brand activation team at sales at ideafit.com. That's sales at ideafit.com. Now let's get back to the interview. Um, moving on here, I wanted to get your thoughts. I have so much to cover here today. <laughs> I'm trying to like cherry pick these questions, but I really wanted to get your thoughts about the academic path to a fitness career versus simply getting certified by an agency or specialty cert organization, which which are great. I'm you know no shade intended there at all. But um, as our industry continues to grapple with legitimacy in the eyes of primary physicians, allied health pros, um, all people who we should be partnering with as fitness pros for client care. Do you see the formal degree in fitness proceeding certification or even sort of trumping it as the way to go in the future? I hate this question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And the only reason is because I myself am conflicted over it. Um, as an educator in a university setting, I would love to see formal degree preceding certification, such mm -hmm. as NSCA does with the CSCS or ACSM does with the Certified Exercise Physiologist certification. I would love to see that because it, it at least gives us a baseline of knowledge that is there for the individual prior to sitting for a certification. I 100% believe in certifications. Um, I have a lot of them. I will continue to get them because I think they're important. So as a university professor, I would love to see that. But 
I also recognize that it may not be necessary for everyone. There are some amazing fitness professionals that do not have a degree in the area. They may have a degree in communication. They may have a degree in business. They may not have a degree at all, but they've taken it upon themselves to do the learning through workshops and self-study, um, which I, I applaud them for that because that's not easy to have that discipline to do that. Um, I think where we may end up going is, and, and I don't want to say split the industry, but we may have levels within the industry mm -hmm. that if you are working with the general population, apparently healthy, maybe a certification is all you need with additional workshops and self-learning. Um, but if you're working with those high-risk clients or those special populations where it is critical for you to have that interaction with the allied health professional or the um, primary care physician, then you may need that degree followed by that additional high-level certification. Mm -hmm. So I, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm conflicted because I can see benefits both ways. Mm -hmm. If we say you have to have a degree to get the certification to work in this, in this field, we're going to alienate a lot of very creative people. Yeah. And I don't like that. I, because I think there are places for everybody in this industry. But what I do think is that you have to have a minimum of certification. Mm -hmm. Ideally, if you wanna work with the higher risk populations um, or become more specialized, maybe some formal education followed by those high level certifications is, is going to be necessary. Yeah, I think that's a really thoughtful perspective. And even though you didn't like the question, I thought you <laughs> gave a, a great answer. Um, and so you're probably going to hate this question, too, because I'm going to follow it up. This is sort of along the same lines. Um, you know, you you work on getting your students prepared and placed even um, looking to the future. What do you think it's going to take for your students and other young fitness pros to carve out a, a real spot in the industry and feel like they can truly make a career out of it that's lifelong? Do we need to change industry standards for certification, academic minimums? Do we need to look at licensure? What's it going to take to make a career in fitness appealing and financially rewarding, frankly? Yeah, I, I that's a, again a hard question because change is inevitable in our industry and we've been talking about licensure for decades and it still hasn't happened. Um and it's not just because of us as an industry, it's also other industries not wanting us to become licensed. Mm -hmm. Um so with that I think, again, possibly down the line with as high-risk clients, we may need to be licensed for that, which would be great because then we can accept insurance payments, which some states already allow personal trainers or, or fitness professionals to accept insurance payments, but it could open up a, a lot of um, income for us potentially. Also, a lot of headache dealing with insurance companies can be a big headache. So, um, be you know, careful. That, that, be careful what you wish for kind of thing almost. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now for my students, they, they're, they're quite interesting. 
in that they're coming from, um, a lot of them are coming from uh, minority communities or low-income communities, and they want to give back to their community. And so they aren't as concerned about the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. They need to make a living and they understand that, but they don't necessarily have that thought in their head of, I need to be the next, I don't know, Shalane Johnson or Tony Horton or whatever, you know, right. type of thing. They don't have that because they're very passionate about their community. And I actually think that's where, um, that's where we have to work with individuals is on the passion. Because I think a lot of people come in going, Oh, well, I can do that. I just got, I like to work out, but they don't have a passion for helping others. And that passion is what needs to be cultivated mm -hmm. um, in, in students. And it's, it's really fascinating to watch. I mean, I, 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 and brought to mind one of my students, John, from years ago. And John struggled in school. He wasn't the best student, but what he had was passion. Mm -hmm. And he carries that forward. He owns his own facility, um, very successful facility. He gives back to his community. He gives back to the university. And that's what true passion is about. And that's what I think is rewarding. And if you can make a living but enjoy what you're doing, that I think is more important than making, you know, 200 grand a year type of thing. Sure. And passion and purpose are, are two things that, you know, it, they meld that, that life work line. So you don't, mm -hmm. you feel like you're getting paid to do what you love to do, which you are. <laughs> yes. So that's exactly. what we're all striving for in life, I think. <laughs> Um, I know you and your team cover a really impressive amount of science at mm -hmm. Long Beach. Um, these young pros are coming out of school pretty sharp in anatomy, kinesiology, nutrition, exercise programming, etc. How are you approaching teaching the softer skills like communication, empathy, coaching, inclusion that mm -hmm. are just such an integral part of the skill set for, for the best fit pros out there? Uh, yes, 100%, because you can have all the science in your head that you can possibly have, but if you can't relay it to your clients or your class members, or if you can't have empathy for what they are going through, then it, all that science is useless, honestly. So in, in our degree, we do, we're very heavy exercise physiology, biomechanics, motor control, super heavy in those areas. But we also do teach the softer side of things. How do you communicate with an older adult? Why is that different than communicating with an athlete compared to communicating with um, somebody with uh, diabetes? Um, we have an entire semester class on health coaching um, because it's such a great skill to have, even if that isn't your primary focus of your business, those coaching skills are critical. Um, we are very much now looking at our curriculum and deciding how to insert diversity, equity, and inclusion in every single class. Mm -hmm. um, one of the younger faculty that we brought in, Dr. Kelly Walters, she, um, she has a very big passion for that. So for me being, 
you know, forever and not really that coming into my mindset as much, I have to go to Kelly and go, help me with this particular, how do I say this? How do I include this into my classes? So we're working as a team to go through every single one of our classes to, to say, where can we add a small section on this? And where can we add that section on communication? So while we focus on those heavy sciences, we also do bring in that soft side, which is so key to being successful in our industry, because mm -hmm. we are there to help people. And, you know, if you can't relate to somebody on their level, not your level, their level, right? It, you're, the science it doesn't mean anything. You got to meet them where they are. And you have to know how to communicate that to them that you that you care. Yeah. Um, I love that you that you guys are constantly tinkering with your model and just overhauling it as as needed. I think a lot of folks might feel like, okay, I've done the work, I'm going to sit back and rest on these laurels. It took a lot to build this program, we're just going to leave it as is. But um, I, I just, uh, I really respect that, that you and your team are in there just tinkering with it and changing it all the time to respond to what the industry needs and what people out there need. Yeah, it's, I mean, exercise physiology really doesn't change. Biomechanics really doesn't change. But how we, um, how we relay that information changes depending on the cohort that you're working with. Um, what is important in the industry? You know, we never really had to worry too much years and years and years ago about metabolic syndrome. Now it's right there with almost every single client, you know, and so yep. we had to change it. You know, health coaching came up. We had to change that. Corrective exercise um, became in our wheelhouse. So we had to add a class for that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, we change because the industry changes. And what I love about my team is, we are all active fitness professionals as not just academics and we we all have different interests so it's wonderful to come together and we hash it out and we go okay let's figure out how we can come together with all these diverse um areas that we study and make this wonderful degree program for our students well your students are very lucky that, um, that you guys care enough to do that and um, always look forward to what you have coming out of, of there. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. Um, as I mentioned in my intro, you were recently named the 2021 <laughs> Idea Fitness Leader of the Year. Um, yes. So first of all, much <laughs> respect, huge congratulations on the accolade. It's so richly deserved. Um, I just I wanted to pick your brain about what the award means to you and how you plan to use your platform to elevate your message or any pet projects as an educator and a fit pro you have. Um, how are you going to use your platform? Well, let me just say it's been a little overwhelming. <laughs> um, you know, as you and I have talked before that I am, I'm typically a behind the scenes person. I would much rather make somebody else shine and me just go back there and go, nice job, you know, <laughs> as opposed to being the one front and center. It, it, it is a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, but also very exciting. I, I, I am, I'm humbled by it. I'm completely overwhelmed by it. Um, and, uh, 
it it brought me to tears when you know we did the award ceremony um so that was that was super exciting and i'm really looking forward to this next year and seeing what happens and honestly with my platform as you call it um i i really just want to get the message out about mentoring um i just think it's so critical in our industry i i was so excited when the theme of ideal world was united we thrive because i just went that's that's it that is my career i would have never gotten where i've gotten to without others helping me along the way and i have tried my hardest to to pay that back and i have found that it is a such an enriching and rewarding experience to see my students surpass me <laughs> I love that and I I want other fitness pros to experience that to take somebody under their wing and to help them thrive and push them forward because when we elevate those underneath us it elevates the entire fitness profession and to me that is so exciting and so that's what I hope that's my hope <laughs> I love it Jan that's so good um <laughs> Along those lines, what are you most excited about in terms of what you see as untapped potential in our industry? Ah, yeah, um, I, I really think it is um, working with these diverse communities. Um, yeah, I think the time is right. I think the time is right for our industry to start to give back um, and, and help those communities that need it. Um, I, as I said, I am in awe of my students. They, they have such passion to going back to their communities to provide services for their grandparents, their parents, the young kids coming through because they understand that how um, health and fitness and wellness help to elevate a community. And I think that area is super exciting. Um, for the past 12 years, I've worked with a, um, uh, a residential tower is what we call it. It's a 17 story apartment building mm -hmm. and it is for uh, low income older adults. And that has been such a rewarding experience because we go in twice a week and provide exercise services for adults who tip, who would not be able to join a gym. They don't have the money. They, their apartments are subsidized. Um, we provide them education. We provide them um, outings, you know, where we get them out into the community to do a farmer's market or whatever it may be to help educate them. And the the love and the response that we get back from our residents, it's so worth it. And just to have that, it's four hours a week that we put in. And those four hours a week just bring me to tears because I think that's where we need to go. And so your students are rotating in and out of that. They're volunteering or interning yeah. or how, so how do you set that up? I mean, for um, the four hours a week, how do you break that down? What are you doing? 
Yeah. So I teach a class every semester called Fitness in the Aging Process, and it's a service learning class. So we have um, three sites where the students are required to go out and do hours for. Um, and one of them is Park Pacific Towers, which uh, is in downtown Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And so the student, I have a grad student that is always there on those days. They come in, the students that are pretty new to um, physical movement or training, and we basically throw them to the wolves. <laughs> because students a lot of times are like, I don't know what to do. And that's like, nope, it's okay. And the residents all know that these are students that are learning and they love to educate them. They'll tell them, nope, this is how we should do it. And the student goes, oh, okay, you know, type of thing. Because, And I love it because that tells me the residents are learning, that sure. they're mentoring those young kids in a different way. And um, so they do hours throughout the semester and we rotate them in and out. And um, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I love it because a lot of times students are like, I don't want to, I want to work with athletes. And then they're like, I don't want to work with older adults. And they spend the semester working with them and they're like, oh my gosh, Jan, I'm changing. I want to work with older adults. I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> That's just another great reason to do internships because you really never know until you're in it and doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So in our pre-interview discussion, you mentioned that one of the things you feel makes FitPros special is their helping nature. Of course, not just helping clients, but helping each other as well. Uh, the network of FitPros is an extended team. It's a family. We're here to lift each other as well as their clients to improve public health and fitness in our communities. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. I, as a fitness pro... It, I mean, I have a PhD and I'm like, I know nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, my area is exercise physiology, so very chemistry based. But if I'm in biomechanics, you know, working on something with a lot of biomechanical aspects to it, I'm like, oh, I, I'm a little overwhelmed. And it's wonderful. I can call, I can call Chuck Wolf down in Florida and go, Chuck, walk me through this. And he will, or, you know, uh, last if, if you can, if you can keep up with him, <laughs> I, was, I was at idea world sitting, idea world virtual sitting in his session, trying to take notes. And he was just, it was just going way too fast for me. And I finally was like, okay, this is recording. I'll just, I'll get a quote from the recording. Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. you know, I get it. Cause I'll, I'll tell him, Chuck, talk to me like I'm in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like, and another example is last year, you know, we were going to be teaching hundred percent online and I teach one class that's called intro to the fitness industry. And typically we bring in alumni or people from our internship sites to come in and talk to the students about their fitness journey and what they do and what the opportunities are. Well, we couldn't do that. And I contacted 20 fitness individuals from Fred Hoffman in France to Trisha Murphy Madden, who had just won the idea fitness leader of the year award to, you know, I mean, just everyone and every single one of them said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do the interview. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed you. Yes, <laughs> yes you did. <laughs> and it was, it, it just warmed my heart because they were giving back to me through the student. And I, I loved that because the students responded so positively 
to all those interviews that we did. I mean, I did 20 of them. They had to listen to almost 20 hours of interviews with different people in the industry. And it was as simple as sending an email saying, can you help? And they did. And, and I just, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I love that the ego is not there. And you set that aside to go, how can I help? Yeah. And I love that. Absolutely. That has been a recurring theme in almost every podcast I've done where, um, you know, it really the, the bottom line here, the message is that we we're a nice industry. We're, <laughs> we're just a, a bunch of really nice, caring people. And so if you're new to the industry and you're unsure of something, reach out to somebody and it's, it's not going to take much for you to get help with what you need. So really, that's kind of the bottom line message there. I 100% agree. 100%. <laughs> so Jan, as we come to a close already, if you can believe it, um, I was hoping you could first let folks know how they can get in touch with you to learn more about the program at CSULB. So give us any website information as, long as, as well as your social handles. And then um, I'd love it if you could leave our listeners with a parting thought about the industry you've devoted your whole career to. <laughs> um, well, I can be reached through my email, which is jan.schroeder at csulb.edu. Um, I can also be reached through my website, which is garagegirlsfit.com. Um, the program, our fitness program, if they just go on to the CSULB uh, website and look under kinesiology, our fitness program, all the curriculum, what we teach and, and what we do is on there. Um, so those are the best ways to get in contact with me to and, see what's going on. And I'll put all those things in the show notes too. So you can scramble and take notes, but they're in the show notes if you need them. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> um, with a parting thought, uh, Oh, that's, that's high pressure, <laughs> but you can do it. <laughs> I, I think a parting thought is really about how can you give back to the industry? Mm -hmm. um, whether it be through a formal internship program for incoming students, whether it be through helping one of your employees meet their goals, um, or whether it just be improving your own education through continuing education and workshops and certifications. I, I just think giving back to the industry, whether it be for somebody else or for yourself, will only help to elevate our, our industry for all those communities and individuals that need our help. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jan Schroeder, 2021 Idea Fitness Leader of the Year. Jan, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today and to you today and hearing your wonderful ideas. Um, I love your enthusiasm. I love your love for the industry. Um, we're so grateful for your time. How I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. And I love you too. I, 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 one thing I do miss is working for IDEA all those years ago, like I said. I, I, when I get to see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And have giggle fests. Oh. <laughs> but thank oh. you so much, Sandy. I really had a great time being here. It was wonderful. My pleasure. 
Take care, Jan. Thanks, Sandy. (laughs) Well, that winds up our conversation with Dr. Jan Schroeder. Check the show notes for details about the fitness option at CSU Long Beach and for any other resources mentioned on today's show. If you're not an IDEA member, learn more about how IdeaFit Plus membership is truly the mastermind asset that fit pros everywhere are choosing to push their careers forward. If we can answer any questions about how you can enjoy all of IDEA's incredible benefits and career tools, please visit ideafit.com or call our inspired service team at 1-800-999-4332, extension 7. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited.